Welcome to the Radiant Church Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Grab a Bible or open up your favorite Bible app as we get into God's Word together. Hey, thanks for joining us um, as we transition from a time of worship through singing, through worship, through submitting to God's Word. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, go ahead and open up to the book of Psalms, chapter 46. Psalms, chapter 46. I'm going to read the first four verses here to set our time off together today. Psalm chapter 46, verse one reads, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its water roars and foams and the mountains quake with its turmoil. There is a river, its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. This Psalm chapter 46 has been a source of comfort and strength for believers for thousands of years. And in this time of anxiety and change and pandemic in our country, this has been a source of comfort and strength for me. But it's also, I believe today, a challenge for us. Look back again at verse one together. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who was always found in times of trouble. This verse stood out to me, not only because it's a reminder that God is our refuge, a place that we can hide and be safe, and he is our strength. So even though we may feel inadequate, we may feel overwhelmed, God is our source of strength. It's also a reminder that he is a helper who is found. Now, what does that mean that a helper can be found? That means sometimes that God may be not where we're looking, but he must be searched after. He must be sought after. Like many of you, I'm spending more time at home and I'm realizing that although I've lived in my house for a long time, I actually don't know where anything is. Uh, my wife, who is a stay-at-home mom and loves our children well, has put everything where it makes sense for her, but oftentimes frustrates me. And so the towels that I think should be in the closet upstairs are in the closet downstairs. The supplies that I think should be by the living room are actually in the kitchen. And so it's been a source of frustration that where I look for things are not where they are, even though I feel like they should be. And although that's a funny story about living as a married couple, amen, um, this is also a reminder that God is found in times of trouble, Psalm 46 says. So what does it mean that God is found? Just like I search in places for things where they aren't, sometimes we in our situations look for God where he's not. And it makes us anxious. It makes us worried. It makes us even frustrated that we can't see God working in the area in which we're looking. Some of us are praying for financial stability and we don't see God working there. Some of us are praying for health and healing. We don't see God working there. And so there is a tension in that moment to say, God, are you working at all? God, are you real? God, do you care? But the word of God reminds us that God is always found in times of trouble. And that's a reminder for me. And I think during this season of pandemic in our country, which is a sorrowful time. There are lots of stories about people going through hard things alone, the scarcity in supermarkets, our elderly, our senior saints struggling through times of uncertainty. There's lots of hard things going around for many people. But in this moment, I think God is offering us redeeming moments where we can actually connect with him in deeper ways. And so just like I look for things in my house where they are not, Sometimes we look for God in areas in our life where he is not working. It's not that he is not working at all. Henry Blackaby, a pastor and author, said it like this, that the job of the Christian is to see where God is working and join him there. And so this verse challenges me to find God, to find where he is working. 
And if I'm honest, I don't see God working in some of the logistics of even the church where I want him to be working, but I see him working in my family. I see times of prayer with my wife being sweeter than they've ever been. I see the ability to go on walks with my family in times of where I'm not as busy. I don't have as many consuming things during the day where I'm able to spend this sweet time with my family. I'm able to spend more time praying for the saints. I'm able to spend more time reading the scriptures. And so although God isn't always working in the places where I'm looking for him to work, he is working. And that's the challenge for us today. And so I think this gives us two clear commands just from Psalm chapter 46. One is in order for God to be found, the first step is we must reposition ourselves. We must reposition ourselves. Just like I look for things in certain places in order to find them, I sometimes have to get up and go to where they are. And so as you position yourself and angle your life towards maybe stability and safety around certain things, maybe God is calling you in this season to reposition yourself so that you can see him working where he is working. And so how can you change your focus, change your gaze so that you can see where God is working, so that you can see that he has not abandoned you, he has not left you, he actually is working on your behalf and working through this situation, but sometimes we have to change our perspective and reposition ourselves in order to see him. Now that may be a hard thing. And the hardest thing about looking for God and joining him where he is working is it requires a level of humility. It requires saying that, God, I'm not in control of my life. God, where you are working is where you need to be working. It requires me to submit my plans to God's will for my life. And although that sounds like a good thing, sometimes that can be a hard thing. God, these are good things I'm praying for. These are good things I'm desiring. Why are you not working? Why are you not answering these prayers? Why are you not meeting these needs? And it can be a hard thing to say, God, I trust you that where you are working is actually where you need to be working, that your hands are not off the steering wheel. COVID-19 did not catch you by surprise. The uncertainty at my job and the, the chaos in my home did not catch you by surprise. This was part of your plan all along, and you are still good. You are still in control, and you are still actively working in my life. And so my only job as the believer in this season is to humble myself, to humble and say, God, I don't even agree at times. God, I'm struggling to believe at times, but I know that you are good. And so I will submit to where you are working in my life. So wherever you may be watching, think about this question for just a moment. Where is God working in your life? Are you building relationships with neighbors and community that you've never had? Do you have time to reconnect with old friends like you've never had before? Do you have time to invest in the spiritual life and vitality of your family like never before? Do believers um, are gathering around you with a stronger community than you've ever had? I think if we were to be honest, there are a lot of things that we are praying for that we don't see answers to just yet. But if we would take a moment and look around, we would say that God is answering prayers that we haven't even prayed. He's providing things that maybe we forgot that we used to be praying for. And now God is moving in this moment, but requires us submitting to the work of God in his hand. So the first thing he's calling us to do is to reposition ourselves. The second thing he's calling us to do is when we see him working, to submit to his will. And although submission may be a scary thing, there is a promise actually attached to submission. Would you turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5? 1 Peter chapter 5 gives a promise that's attached to submission as we submit our lives to God's will. First Peter chapter five, verse six says this, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time, 
casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. So what is this command? This is both a command and a reminder. The command is to humble yourself under the Lord, humble myself under God, but it's also a reminder that God has a mighty hand. It's not that God is unable to do. He's actually doing exactly what he wants to do. He's inviting us to see him working and join him there. So as we reposition ourselves, as we submit ourselves, here's what happens. The last part of verse six in First Peter chapter five says this, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time. So that he may exalt you at the proper time. So what is the promise attached to submission to the mighty hand of God? The promise attached to submission to the mighty hand of God is that he will exalt you at the proper time. He will restore you at the proper time, not just to where you were, but to where he wants you to be. The metaphor that I've been thinking about as I've studied this passage is that of a slingshot. I was going to buy a slingshot so you could see one, but no little pandemic going around, non-essential purchases. And so just imagine a slingshot for just a moment. Now, you know the basic premise of how slingshots work. You, You pull it back and you let it go and it goes flying off. But what's the principle of a slingshot? The principle is the further back you pull it, the more power it has when it's released. And if I'm honest, I think that's what God's doing in my life and maybe that's what he's doing in yours. You may feel the tension and the tightness of God pulling you back from some things. God reducing your capacity at your job. God pulling some hours off of your schedule. God pulling you back from some dreams that you had. You feel like, God, I'm getting further away from the things that I want to do in life. And you feel God pulling you back. But God isn't punishing you, dear brother, dear sister. God isn't undecided about his plans for your life. He is pulling you back to him so that he may exalt you at the proper time, so that he will pull you back and he would let you go with greater purpose, with greater passion, with greater power than before. And so here's the option for us. Two options made clear from this passage. One is that we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We allow God to pull us back for a season so that he can release us in the direction that he wants us to go with his power as we go. Or we can resist his pulling. We can resist and refuse to reposition ourselves, refuse to see where God is working, refuse to join him there, refuse to submit to God's process in our lives. And this pulling back will be just a punishment. It will just be an obstacle. And when this is all said and done and life goes back to whatever normal looks like after this, we will have the same power, the same passion as we had before. And so the question is, does God want to do something in your life in this season? Henry Blackaby, I quoted him earlier that we must see where God is working and join him there. He has another quote that says, Christians, we don't need greater commitment. We need greater submission. We don't need greater commitment. We need greater submission. So in this season of being pulled back, maybe what God wants is not your striving, not your efforts, not you bare knuckling your fists and gritting your teeth to work harder. Maybe he's actually calling you to rest in him, to submit to his will and let him do the work in you and through you. So maybe God isn't calling you to do more for him, but to let him live more in you. Maybe that's the challenge of what God is doing in your life. I know in this season, that's what God is doing in my life. He is pulling me back from good things, from, I thought, godly things, things that God wanted me to do, God called me to do. God is calling me away from those things because good things are not God. 
And doing good things for him doesn't save nor redeem nor fuel the Christian life. No, we must be reminded in this season that only God is God. Good things are not God. Serving others is not God. Reading and doing all these good things are not God. Spending time with God is spending time with God. And in this season of being pulled back, I'm being reminded of what is essential in the Christian life. That the labors that I I pour out of my life, the things that I do, should be an overflow of my relationship with God, not my earning a relationship with God. And some of us have been in the rat race of Christianity for far too long. And so this idea of being pulled back, I can't serve like I used to serve. I can't do the things that I used to do. And somehow we feel disconnected from God because our relationship with him was based on our working for him. Maybe what God is saying in this season is to submit to his mighty hand, restore and rekindle that relationship with him. Read your word and see him in its pages. Pray and know that you are speaking to the almighty father. Gather with believers either through Zoom or virtual means and know that you are among God's people. Maybe he's reminding us of what's most important. And so dear brother and sister, if you are a believer out there, do you feel like God is pulling you back? Do you feel like that tension and that hardness of God pulling you away from the good things that you were doing before? Well, maybe God is pulling you away not to punish you, but to to release you with greater power when the season ends. Because the word clearly says that if we would humble ourselves under God, he will exalt us at the proper time. Now, let me give a word to those who may not know who the Lord is. During this season of connection through virtual means, during the season of pulling back, during the season of being home, you may be tuning in and you don't really have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I want you to hear clearly your next step. Your next step isn't to do more things. Your next step isn't to just find a church and listen to services. Your next step is to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. For the believer, humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God is a familiar task. But if you have never bended your knee, if you have never bowed your head, if you have never humbled yourself under the almighty hand of God, that is your next step. To say that living your life your way is not working. But God has a plan. God has called you out of that life into new life in him. And so humbling yourself looks like saying no to your sin and yes to Jesus. The word of God is clear that there is no other means by which men can be saved other than the man Christ Jesus. And so your efforts and your good deeds and all the charitable giving that you're doing in the season does not earn you favor with God, only a relationship with Jesus. And so as you are being pulled at, I would invite you to say yes to Jesus. I want to invite you into a relationship with him because all the good deeds will not get you closer to the Father. And that's good news because it means you don't have to ever measure up. It doesn't mean that you don't have to weigh your good deeds versus your bad deeds and hope that at the end of your life it worked out okay. It means that you can have assurance and you can be certain that you have a relationship because Jesus has never failed. And so whether you are a believer or unbeliever, there is a call for us to humble ourselves under the almighty hand of God. Because as we are being pulled at, I believe he's preparing us. If we would reposition ourselves, if we would humble ourselves, we would see where God is working. We would join him there and we would actually leave out of this season better than we came. Thank you for joining our family in North Charleston as we heard God's word preached today. We would love to connect with you. You can find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us a message to learn more about what Radiant Church is doing or support the vision of Radiant Church at radiantcharleston.com giving.